Hello and welcome to Hit the Bricks. Everything that's interesting about Guthrie, Oklahoma. Swag today. We do. Swag. Yeah. Aaron brought stuff with her today. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron Brown, thanks for being here. No problem. Thank you for having me. Aaron is the curator of collections. Yes. COC. The COC mm -hmm. at the Oklahoma Territorial Museum mm -hmm. and Carnegie Library. Yes, and the Carnegie Library. Yes, and mm -hmm. the Carnegie We don't want to leave the old library out. Can't do that. Yeah, it's a staple in town. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially after it's all been made pretty and um, functional. Yes, they've done a lot of work to yeah. the outside recently. It's it's so much prettier. They've completely redone the dome and mm. painted some of the the decorative elements, so you can actually see them now. It looks amazing. So we get to start on the inside a little bit. So have they put yes. air conditioners in there yet? Actually, the air conditioners they had them in there, uh -huh. and the condensation and the moisture was tearing apart the plaster mm. in the building and ruining some of the the um, ornate carved woodwork. That's super so, inconsiderate of the air conditioner. Yeah, so, but they had to take, to preserve the building, they had to take the air conditioners out. So, but the radiators, steam radiators still work in the wintertime, which makes it very nice for yes. the Victorian walk and the, okay. um, um, the homes tour that we do there. So it's it's really nice to hear them hissing away. Heck yeah. That's so you great. said they're going to do some stuff inside? No? Yes. So where we have, it's an old building, finished in 1903, and it has a basement. And so just like everybody else in Oklahoma, water is an issue. Mm. So we have some mold right now that they're going to come in and completely redo some of the walls and get rid of the mold issue. So, you know, the That's employees can breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so the outside looks good. The inside is going to be fixed up. Um, the last year we've done a lot of upgrades and updates to our gift shop and lobby area. And so it actually looks like it's purposely a gift shop instead of just stuff stuffed in a corner. Mm -hmm. So it's... And it's a lovely it, gift shop. You can buy all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. You brought some things with you. I did, I did. Buttons and stickers and mm -hmm. postcards. Today. These are really cool. I, I love mm -hmm. these shirts. In fact, I need to get a shirt like that. Absolutely. I need to get a shirt. They, have that, they have that at the... Yeah, we have them. The shirt? Um, the shirt? The shirt. Okay, so I need to get a shirt. 46 star. Yeah. So I even, my license plate is the 46 star now. Yeah. Since I issued them a couple, a year or two ago. So I love the 46 star. So this, oh. for those that don't know, this is our, uh, Oklahoma's original flag because um, Oklahoma was the 46th star that was added to the American flag. So we were the 46th state to join the union. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Do you have the, the hats? Too? We have the hats as well. Oh, we have patches and stickers and postcards. We okay. have a whole line of 46 star swag. You can get everything you need. Absolutely. At the Territorial Museum gift shop. Absolutely. Can you mm -hmm. start selling groceries? I don't know. No? Maybe. A few like Maybe. refrigerators, freezers. Yeah. I, I can tell you that. The mu modern museum of art sells couches on their in their gift shop. Oh heck yeah! You could sell boo if you sell booze, you could make so much money. I don't think the state would let me do that. <laughs> Just in a, in a downtown booze comes up again. <laughs> Please, someone put a booze place in downtown Guthrie so Justin can be happy. You know, I think the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. I think their liquor sales is, is like super connected. I want to say like the liquor stores that are run by the state. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I was actually, we spent two weeks in Utah just recently. So yeah, you have to go to the state liquor store to get wine, beer, anything else, anything like that. Now the Prairie Book mm -hmm. people, they bought the building next door. Will that kind of help you out a little bit with a downtown building having 
Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah. excited yeah. to see that. that, that that's going to be cool. Sure. That's going to be, be a really a cool, cool project. Yeah. It's a big space because yeah. I know they were looking for a space and they were looking at maybe something smaller, but mm -hmm. this is a big place. So there's, a, I think there's a lot of things they're going to be able to do in there. It's going to mm -hmm. be cool. for sure. That'll be great. I'm yeah. excited for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the brewery and the distillery like uh, world is uh, exploding, it seems it like. It really is. I even saw an article about another distillery that's uh, expanding into Oklahoma City. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the competition mm -hmm. is fierce. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a good thing because, like, the alcoholic beverage tax, mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, it's gone, like, from skyrocket. It's, like, yeah. doubled mm -hmm. in percentage-wise in sales. So. The uh, Marshall, they have a 46-star Oh yeah. beer. It's awesome. It's really good. Yeah. I like oh. it. Cool. It said 46 star on it, so I was like, I have that one's mine. I have to try that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Well done. Well done. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind for like the gift shop. I'll see what I can do yeah. on that one. <laughs> a made in Oklahoma section. Yep. <laughs> I'll try. You, I'll see if I can swing make, that one. Can you make cocktails? Are you good at making cocktails? Maybe. No. Before you do that, there's a. My, I have some friends at Able. They're called Able Commission. Yes. Talk to them before right, you do that. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, but this employees. is one of those things where you absolutely need yes, permission yes. first. Yes. <laughs> You're all state employees. You can figure it out. Right, right, right. Curator of collections and cocktails. Yeah, see, that would be awesome. Uh, COCC. <laughs> you could totally fund a, a raise with that. Mm -hmm. so. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Just That'd think about it. I'm telling you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see if I can swing that. We're That'll here, be fun. We're here for ideas. That's all mm -hmm. we're here for. Okay, so since you are the curator of collections, talk mm -hmm. to us about the Yellow Brick Road to Women's Suffrage. And it, it does say women's, woman's apostrophe S, not women's. Yes, women's so, suffrage. I'm sure you'll talk about that. Yes, and it's a grammatical thing. So technically, to be grammatically correct, woman's suffrage. Okay. Um, so if it was man's suffrage, it would be man's, not men's. So it's it's. Yeah, because it'd be a double plural if it was men's. Exactly. A double plural. Right. Just made that up. So, Sounded really good to <laughs> <laughs> Well, so we are coming up on the centennial anniversary of the passage of the Nineteenth Amendment that granted women the right to vote in the United States. Kind Say of what? Big deal. When did that happen? Yes, no. Literally a hundred years ago. We're gonna take over the world. Hundred years ago. <laughs> so, and it was, it was a long road to get there, um, and so when we were talking about what kind of exhibit we're gonna put up for the museum and, and what angle are we gonna talk about with women's suffrage. Being that this is a nationwide event, you know, there's going to be museums all across the country that are doing this. And so we wanted to find something that was a different angle, a different look, a different perspective of some sort. And well, you made the joke, you know, only 100 years ago, you know, what? How, why did it I take so long? I don't tell no, good jokes. No, no, no. But why did it take so long? Right, It's right, an right. often question. It was 1920 when this happened. I mean, that's kind of outrageous, yeah. especially since they talked about it in 1776 when we got our United States Constitution, okay? So So it wasn't just like a brilliant idea that they came up with in right. 1920. Did right. someone, someone get on a Facebook page and get mad about it and kind of- Right, yeah. and started, started a, you were gonna raid an event. Someone <laughs> raid tweeted, a place. yeah. Someone tweeted yeah. out history. Okay. Yeah, no, so this was, and it was an international movement as well. Um, but in the United States, it really got started in 1848 with the Seneca Falls Convention. And so from 1848 to 1920. So 72 years 
So what the heck was going on during that 72 years that this never came about? Um, and so this is the point, the answer that we're trying to give people in this exhibit, to explain to them what was going on, what was the national landscape where women's suffrage, what else was it competing with? Because it didn't happen in a vacuum. It wasn't the only topic of conversation in um, social issues and politics. So I just, I did a little list and that's not a little list. A little list. This is a little list of just some highlighted events that occurred during during that entire time frame. There's things like, you know, the Civil War. Uh-huh. And then the Spanish-American War, World War One. We have two gold rushes during this time frame. There were some distractions. There are <laughs> yeah. some distractions, yeah. absolutely. And every single time women's suffrage came to the forefront of the conversation, it seemed that there was always something more pressing, more immediate. Like a Chicago fire. Killing one third of the population of Chicago. Can you imagine today what a devastating yeah. tragic mm -hmm. event that could have been? Right. I mean, there's several financial depressions. Um, Battle of Little Bighorn. What, Panic of 1857? That was when um, the we, we really became a global economy in 1857 because of the different trade routes and things in the, and we started having those um, trade agreements, you know, like today we have NAFTA, those types of things started back then and it freaked people out. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like today, in today's conversations, we have tariffs as a part of our conversation today. Yep. These things did not just appear one day. These, these have always been political tools and economic tools. You have the Haymarket Riot in 1886. Um, people were fighting for workers' rights. Um, so there's there's a lot going on here. And again, every time that something came up, it was the uh, women's suffrage came up, there was always, ah, okay, we'll get to that after we put out all these other fires. Literal fires sometimes. So, and sometimes, no, sometimes literal cases. fires, yes. So uh, in, the, in the notes, uh, here, Susan B. Anthony wrote the 19th Amendment. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so, which was in 1920, but she'd been working on that literally her whole life. Her I'm going to use the word literally a few more times. That's today. fine. That's fine. Uh, yes. So, but her entire life, mm -hmm. which is wild when you think about, you know, you know, you want things to change. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, this could take like a year or two, this mm -hmm. could, that's, which is a long time to work on something. Mm -hmm. But you know, for decades and decades and decades, she was working on women's suffrage. Yes. And then she actually got to write the amendment, mm -hmm. which is pretty mind-blowing. That's really cool, right? And almost the, it's, I think it's something, most of the language that she originally wrote was the amendment that passed. So there's some minor alterations in that, but it's her words. So the jerks in Congress didn't, like, redact the entire thing? Not the entire thing. They so, made some tweaks, but... Okay. You know, but whatever. You gotta, you gotta make some negotiations and some compromise in any time you're, you know, being in a government official. So, cool. so we got uh, women's suffrage hundredth anniversary. You're trying to figure out what to do at the museum. Mm -hmm. So then, how did you come to the Yellow Brick Road uh, exhibit? Well, Wizard of Oz, uh, Lyman Frank Baum's the author, and he published it in 1902, but he wrote it as a political allegory. 
So think of it like um, Saturday Night Live is today. So they use current events and they take some of the most outrageous true things and then they take it up yep. the nth degree and they satirize it, they make it comical, they highlight some, and in doing so they highlight how what a ridiculous statement that was, this doesn't really make any sense, and they use it in that way. Right. Frank Baum did the exact same thing with all the different issues that were going on at this time. So every single one of the characters and some of the plots in The Wizard of Oz, the book, and the movie, it's changed. There's some weird stuff in the book. There's some weird like stuff in the book. Different characters that just aren't in the movie at all. Mm -hmm. You're like, what in the world's going on? So Dorothy is based off a woman, Mary Lease. She was from Kansas. Uh, she was a teacher for a time and then became disgruntled at the gender pay gap in mm -hmm. teachers in Kansas. I'm glad to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Glad that's, behind. glad that's behind We don't have to worry about some issues now. <laughs> um, but she started getting involved in her local social and civic activities and she was a very passionate speaker. She was a very charismatic character and she ended up being one of the most popular uh, speakers on the Chautauqua lecture circuit, which the Chautauqua le lecture circuit, they went all over the country all the time. So mm -hmm. she and William Jennings Bryan were the top two. And so she was referred to as the great agitator. A lot of her critics referred to her as Mary Yellen. Oh. So the idea clever, of you clever. have this farm girl from Kansas whipped up in a tornado mm -hmm. and then planted in this land of Oz and she meets these characters. This is a play on Mary Lee getting involved in politics, being put in a world that she doesn't really understand. Oh. So when people read the, the book, um, you know, back in those days, did, they, did most people automatically know what he was referring to? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, because he's, he's using popular culture of that time frame to create these characters. So, The Cowardly Lion is based off of William Jennings Bryan, who was one of the presidential candidates in 1896 and again later. He was a leader. She, Mary Lease and William Jennings Bryan became the leaders of the Democratic Party in 1896 they were populists and populism was very popular here in Oklahoma Oklahoma politics was very much an extension of yep. Kansas style politics at that time our own Kate Bernard was a leader in the populist movement and she, our own Kate Bernard is probably one of the most significant political figures she influenced our state constitution with a lot of the same issues that Mary Lease and William Jennings Bryan were promoting. Mm -hmm. Things like workers' rights, workers' compensation, eight-hour work days, having a weekend, having health insurance. These were radical ideas at that point in time, and this is what they were pushing for. Those eight-hour eight hour days. <laughs> Those are rough sometimes. Terrible. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma has a pretty diverse, like, like philosophically speaking, like political history. Absolutely it does. Yes. Absolutely it does. And a lot of swings. It, yeah. it absolutely yeah. yes, it does. And the pendulum swing is you always you always get the extremes and yeah, yeah. eventually you settle into the middle. But Mary Lee's 
again, she was, she goes to, uh, Dorothy goes to Oz, so Mary Lee's goes to Washington, becomes part of the political machine. They end up meeting um, the Cowardly Lion, William Jennings Bryan, they're partners now. The Scarecrow, in this age of industrialization, the farmers are seen as being traditional, very conservative. They don't really grasp the, the new global economy. And so the scarecrow in the book says, I was only born yesterday. Because the criticism for farmers was that they didn't understand the economics system that they were in. And so the farmers wanted to have influence just like anybody else. Sure. So farmers alliances started around the country so that they could get politicians to listen to their demands. One of the things that they wanted was um, bimetallism. So a gold, we were on a gold standard. You guys have heard of that, right? Yes. yes. So they were wanting to have a gold and silver standard. So 16 ounces of silver would equal one ounce of gold. And this would help put more credit available on the market that would end up helping farmers succeed financially. And so macro and microeconomics here. And it, but when you have- You can learn the, so much stuff on this podcast. It's, it's like, crazy. Oh it's like, do you understand that? That's like when you make sure you write the notes because that's like going to be on the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a hint that it was going to be on the test. <laughs> well, Dorothy ends up walking on the Door oh, Yellow Brick Road. D yellow Brick oh, Road. Telephone. Telephone, Wait, no, yes. This was ringing. Yeah. <laughs> the Yellow Brick Road. The Yellow Brick Road is gold. It's gold bricks. Gotcha. And yep. in the book, she's wearing silver shoes. Oh, uh, so, interesting. Okay. Yep. In the movie, she's... We talked about that before yep. on this show. So in the book, or in the book, she's silver, silver shoes. In the movie, she's using ruby shoes because te Technicolor was the, uh, the new yeah. fancy um, technology of filmmaking at mm -hmm. that time, and they thought the red would be just would. A pop off the screen yeah. better. So what else was yeah, there? Yeah, there you go. Got it. You know when they um when they re-released the movie a few years ago in 3D, um, we went and saw it uh, down in one of the theaters. I can't remember where it was, mm -hmm. and it was so weird to watch the, the watch that in 3D because so much of the stuff you see well, it was like high definition 3d mm -hmm. like if you're just watching it on tv when i was a kid you don't notice any, all these little imperfections in how they shot it mm -hmm. and then on the gigantic screen you can see the yellow brick road like leading up to like the set piece where oh, it's painted it on the oh, wall don't, the don't, don't tell me that yeah, stop, I'm stop. Like, <laughs> that, you can see it painted on the yes. wall right there uh -huh. it was so like yeah it was mm -hmm. never meant to be like, right yeah high no, definition no not really side the side like on the rocky movies the, the ring it's like dark in the background you can't see nothing mm -hmm. yeah it's because there's, there's no, nothing there's nobody there yeah. there was uh -huh. a side story to a side story to a side story <laughs> but, um, there was a really great interview on uh, npr maybe this was years ago but they were interviewing this this person in hollywood and it was his job and he was like one of only like two people in hollywood that did this but as they were transitioning all these old movies to high definition it was his job to kind of go in and kind of touch things up so you couldn't see all the little imperfections. Mm -hmm. So there were things that, because of the technology at the time, they didn't worry about whether you could see like something over here in the shadow or whatever, because you couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But now when they change, transitioned it all to high definition, all of a sudden you're looking at all these different th things that you couldn't even notice, you know, 
60 years ago. So yeah. his job is just sitting in his little studio all day long, like, oh, we gotta hide, you know, this, gotta hide such that. Such and such a shoe that I can see peeking out of yeah, the corner. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, all of a sudden these things that were kind of over here in the shadow, you can see mm -hmm. them now. Like so Starbucks yeah. cups and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, so I get it. she's walking down the yellow brick road on her silver shoes. Um, she has a scarecrow, cowardly lions, and then she meets the Tin Man. So you have, this is in the middle of the age of industrialization. And so one of the criticisms of industrialization was that the workers were being dehumanized. So in the story, the tin man, or the lumberjack, is cursed so that any time he tries to chop wood, he chops off a limb and it gets replaced with metal. And so he ends up being entirely metal. And what does he go ask for? At the, from the wizard? A heart. He asks for a heart because industrialization has no heart. They have oh, no man. compassion for people. That's heavy. So you see how all, all I've of never read things, the book before, so I'm like. <laughs> now you're going to have to go do it now. Uh, and so we are also in this time frame, um, the United States, we have the Spanish-American War. We're starting to get involved in the Philippines. We're having international relations with Japan. So all of these things are going on. So we have the imperialists, the people that, yes, let's go and have influence over the world. And then you have the isolationists of, no, we don't need to do that. So when you see munchkins and the winged monkeys. The lollipop guild. The lollipop mm -hmm. guild. These were all pl uh, puns or allegories for these different populations. I'm getting, and, I'm getting really excited. Are you going to talk about the Wicked Witch of the West? I am. Okay, because I'm thinking those are Republicans. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them is. Well, 18, no, no. <laughs> there were different witches. That's, so, you know, that's called podcast humor. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the, the witches. Um, Glinda. There go. I'm going to get a hate email. Can I this? <laughs> Glinda, <laughs> the good witch of the north. I have a quote in here. Make sure I get it right. My pretty? Um, no, no, she says, but I am a good witch and the people love me. So she represents the populist movement. She, okay. you know, she's supposed to be the person of the people. Um, the Munchkins in the movie, they, they, oh, it's Glenda. They're in awe of her. Oh my gosh, she, mm. she's here to help us. The Wicked Witch of the West represents the harsh Western environments. You know, this big open grassland that we okay. can't really figure out how to make it all that productive. Mm -hmm. And the monopolies of Standard Oil, and the railroads, transcontinental railroads mm -hmm. that are being built at this time. So there's a lot of land monopoly use, you know, when trying to do these big things. You're dealing with the robber barons, if you guys remember that mm -hmm. term from your high school. Right, right. Um, right. And the monopolies. So these, the witches all represent some of them. Um, one of the witches has one eye, so she's a representation of the gold standard versus having two eyes, the silver and yep, the gold. Yeah, uh -huh. She uses a silver whistle to control her minions. And then the winkies, the, the winged, the flying monkeys, right. she controls them by a gold hat. So they're all, all of these things playing together. And the Wicked Witch of the West, how is the Wicked Witch of the West defeated? Water. Water. Uh -huh. The Western harsh environments, water is uh -huh. key 
to being successful out in the West and being a farmer. So all of these things have symbolism. <laughs> yes. And I've, I've always been fascinated by it. Um, the Emerald City is what color? Green. Guess what that's a symbolism for? Money. Yes. You go to the Emerald City where it's green and green is the only thing that matters there. Absolutely. So money talks in Washington, D.C., right? Sure. We, right, that's, right. we all know that. See, when I said Republicans on the witch, I, it was because a Democrat <laughs> was writing it, so I, he just assumed that the bad was a Republican. That's well, he, one of the, the beauty of... Just cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of Frank Baum is that he used both the criticism and the people who supported these things mm -hmm. and put them together in one piece to show all of the aspects of it. So he wasn't just slanted towards one thing or another. He wants to show you the pretty and the ugly side, or the left or the right, or the north and the south, or the east and the west, or industrial or farmers. He wants to show you all of these pieces and how they came together. And you so, left, left one piece out. Mm -hmm. Toto. What about Toto? Toto is m Mr. Mary Lease. Mr. Mary Lease. Was he like, how come... She, how come Dorothy gets to be my wife, but I get to be a dog. <laughs> yeah. Because that was one of the criticisms of how, how can a man let his wife go out and talk all around the country? Oh, he must be her lap dog. Uh. <laughs> right? So she, so she was from Kansas. Was Baum from Kansas too? Baum lived in Kansas for a short period of time. He um, ended up living, I have it here on somewhere, in South Dakota. Okay. And Baum is actually was a supporter of women's suffrage. He volunteered in his local women's suffrage uh, association club. Um, and the next book, The Marvelous Land of Oz, is the whole thing is a satire of the women's suffrage movement. And part of that story, the women of Oz are marching to Emerald City armed with nothing but their knitting needles. <laughs> and so this is a reference to 1913 when women organized the march to Washington, D.C. So he uses all of these things. Yeah. The man behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz, who do you think those people are? Who do they represent? Behind the curtain. He's mean at the beginning, but nice at the end. Mm -hmm. um, in the book, the people of Oz don't I mean, really... 40 looks mean, but he's really nice. <laughs> In the books, <laughs> I don't know. the people of Oz, they don't have access to the wizard, you know, because right. you have the big gatekeeper. So, like lobbyists? You don't right. have, he's the, supposed to be the president. Oh, okay. Because the people can't get to him, right? Gotcha. He's okay, isolated. Cool. So, but then you have the man behind the curtain is a, the most popular, or not popular, but the most successful banker of that time named Mark Hanna. And so he financed William McKinley's entire presidential campaign. And so there, a lot of the political cartoons of that frame have William McKinley as this little figure, Mark Hanna as this big, rotund, lumbering beast, and he's got the William puppet. McKinley on puppet strings. Uh, McKinley was assassinated, right? Was he? I think so. Well, yes, this think so. took a twist again. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so all of all of these things. Our friend, the, our friend Google's in, uh, in work right now. Yes. All of the all of these things 
have a role in the story and they represent at least a piece of all of these events that went on during the time frame from 1848 to the final passage in 1920. So the choosing this story to kind of like you know uh, tell the story of, of suffrage is a way of giving people an idea of what the processes that it had to kind of coincide with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what else right. What else was going on okay. at that time? So anytime, again, women... The Titanic sinks. Yeah, the Titanic sinks during this point in time. The other, one of the things that they were really worried about is that women, if how are you going to um, count? How's the population going to work? Um, because by this time, African-American men had been granted the right to vote. But if we give women the right to vote, does that just mean white women or does that mean... African-American women? Does this mean immigrant women? How are we going to define this? Sure. So that was a debate. and But just based off of male-female, this was 48% of the population would now be voting. And there was no guarantee on how they were going to vote. So that was too big of a risk mm. for people like Mark Hanna. We can't Makes control sense. that vote. Yeah. We don't know. We can't predict that. So they're not gonna get me what I want. Right. So let's just not even bring this up because we don't want to rock the boat. Uh, I don't want to risk losing control over what yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. That is super interesting. Yeah. I've always been fascinated by it, and I'm I'm glad that we finally found a way to tell tell the story. So what does the exhibit look like if, um, when you go to the museum? Uh, what are they going to see there? Well, it's in the Carnegie Library, and so you walk in, and um, we have panels on the wall. Okay. And so we opened it last Halloween, when we do our we do our annual Halloween carnival. Yep. So it always has a different theme. Um, last year was obviously Wizard of Oz theme. So you walk in, we have a couple of artifacts. Um, we have like the ruby and the silver slippers and it's panels that tell the story and then we've created a couple of like selfie stations so we made a scarecrow with a 16 to 1 gold and silver and you can sit down and we have selfie props so you can get your picture with our scarecrow and get a picture with the wizard behind the curtain and we have the the melted witch off in the corner you know so it's uh, mostly text panels, but we have a few fun things to make it a little bit more interactive, especially for, yeah. for teenagers and children. What goes into figuring out how, like, when you said uh, to start with, hey, we're going to use this, uh, this story to, you know, to tell this story, mm -hmm. how do you get from just that idea to actually coming up with uh, the, the exhibit, uh, making the exhibit, mm -hmm. like, how does that process work? For a museum professional, as such as yourself. Do women have boats in this, or is it just the men? <laughs> well, it's my boat. <laughs> no, we. Um, I'll have an idea, and we'll throw we throw things out there, and like, and so with using the book, the original book and the original illustrations are outside of copyright, so we were free to be able to use those. Heck yeah. Um, so I'm like, I, I'm going to use those and yeah, those absolutely. illustrations. Absolutely. Public domain is awesome. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> is. And it is a museum's best friend. Um, so I wanted to use a lot of the original images from and illustrations from the book itself. Um, but there's still characters that you recognize, even from people who've just seen the movie. They, they make sense. Yeah. No, this people. is a perfect, in my mind, because The Wizard of Oz is like one of the golden 
movies of all time for me. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's eat when you put it this way, it's so easier to learn the history behind that. I mean, it's. Mm -hmm. Because because I was interested who Toto was because and then you come back with them like, holy cow yeah. yeah yeah and so and you know with a lot of the museums I'm a museum person I love going to museums but even sometimes you get fatigued yes. with them lecturing at you all the time well, the <laughs> the act of 1907 led to not right. there's so much steps that right. you're like, like okay, I'm, I'm so just, tired just, yeah exactly and this was. By giving something people a could reference. latch on to yes. that they already were familiar with and just adding a dip, uh, explaining to them the deeper meaning behind it, all half the work's already done. I don't have to make them interested. It's, it's, like, it's like when you go to church and the preacher talks about what happened in the Old Testament and then he makes it to, to any... Relevant for today. Relevant today. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. it makes it so much easier to process. Absolutely. I love that kind of stuff. And so we tried to use the Wizard of Oz as the vehicle to tell the history, but then also bring it back to why it's relevant today. Mm -hmm. That, you know, we're still talking about global economics. We're still talking about tariffs. We're still talking about, you know, racism because some of the, the, the statements and the comments and the conversations in the book are they're down the right wow holy yeah. I didn't realize that yeah. he could have published yeah. that at that point in time but they're pretty outrageous sure. but he's using those as a tool to get people to realize oh, this is a little bit ridiculous that we're talking about this you know this shouldn't be a part of our conversation just the idea that um you had really powerful people that um, were not super excited about uh, women voting just because they didn't think they would vote for them. Mm -hmm. People were always like, "Voting's awesome," mm -hmm. but if they're voting, if they're going to vote for somebody else, they're like, "Oh, it's not quite as awesome." <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. When you have to, when you're actually boots on the ground and you have to actually yeah. compete with those interests and those votes, it's a little bit different. But so with Susan B. Anthony. She was a part of the 1848 Seneca Falls Convention. She promoted uh, women's suffrage her entire life. Okay, she wrote the amendment, all of this stuff. One of the other things you don't know about Susan B. Anthony is the whole idea of a grassroots campaign. It was her. She's the one that did that. And she did that with the women's suffrage movement. That's how they got women to support them. That's how they recruited people to say, hey, I, we really need your help with this. We really need you to talk to the men in your family and get them to support this stuff. So a grassroots campaign is based off of Susan B. Anthony's work from women's oh. suffrage. I can't get over the fact that she was at the Seneca Falls Convention in 1848 and then it, the amendment passes in 1920. She passed away, I have it written down here, she passed away in, ooh, do, 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 where is she? She passed away in the early 1900s. Okay, so she wrote the amendment, mm -hmm. but didn't get to see it passed? She did not live to see it passed. She died like 20, 12 years before. I'm totally bummed out now. Yeah. 10 years before? Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, she never got to see it. This went in a dark direction. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the vote was the vote close? It actually, by the time they got it uh, in 1920, it was overwhelmingly in support for overwhelmingly. voting. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. It makes sense that she didn't get to see it happen because that would have made her like really, really old. Really, yeah. really old. Yeah. She was, she was. I was an English major, not 80, a math major. Yeah, same here. History. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, she was 80 something when she passed, 87, okay. I think. Um, so she lived a very long, a very productive life. 1906, that's where it is. She died in 1906. She almost got there. Mm hmm. Almost. She was she close. Did. She died before Oklahoma became a that's state. That's about to say, didn't even know about Oklahoma yet. Mm hmm. So, how long like, will this exhibit be up? Museum. We're going to leave it up all the way through 2020 oh. and um, we'll probably with the, the following Halloween we'll probably unveil a new exhibit. Cool. Now, are, there, are other museums in the state, are they doing like uh, women's suffrage stuff too? Yes, absolutely. Is it like, like a tour of women's suffrage exhibits? Yes, okay. yes. And that again that was one of the reasons why we wanted to do this one to kind of explain to people what the landscape was. So that mm. when they go to the Pioneer Woman Museum in Ponca City and they're learning about Aloysius Larch Miller and her role in women's suffrage specifically in Oklahoma, there's a little bit of a foundation here that they already know what's what's going mm. on. So come here first. Come here first. Yeah, yeah the yeah. History Center is going to do um, going to do a women's uh, suffrage exhibit. Um, they're working on one in, in Altus. Um, so there's there's a handful scattered around, and I know a lot of the other smaller museums um, and and large institutions are are taking their own slant to it as well. Right on. Cool. So. How much does it cost to get in a museum? It is $7 for adults. It is $5 for seniors. That's 55 and older. Because my mother said if I have to get the AARP stuff at 55, I want that discount. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And it is $4 for children. That's all the way up to 18. Cool. But for Halloween, um, October 19th from 5 to 7, we're going to do our Halloween carnival. And it's going to be open and free to anybody. Yep. We have games for kids free food free snacks that's always a good time candy costumes so if anybody wants to come to the museum that's a that's a good day to do it for free and we have lots of fun i love halloween it's so much fun mm. are you a like a spooky halloween person or i or, the museum is always family friendly because we don't want to have anything too we're scary. talking about you Aaron. <laughs> i love guthrie haunts okay Cool. I love Guthrie Haunts. I've been there. I've gone there every year that they've been open, and it's so much fun. So yes. I, I like the spooky. <laughs> right, we need to get John Pagonis on the the podcast so he can talk about the haunts. So haunts mm -hmm. is north of Guthrie, mm -hmm. just over the river. Super scary stuff. Yeah, it's like a um, like a haunted like all kinds of stuff kind of smashed. Like he has like the it's the like a maze and a maze mm -hmm. and yeah, dude's just a twisted individual. Yeah, uh -huh. so, year round. Yeah. He it's twisted all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Me and my me and my son, my oldest son, went in, and we were just, he was like pushing me. <laughs> no, Mom, you go first. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed So that's a perfect combination. You can go to like the Guthrie Haunts mm -hmm. and stop by the museum for like the, uh, on the 19th to mm -hmm. do the uh, Halloween stuff there. I'm texting mm -hmm. John right now. Like, Come on our podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's, again, as a mom of two boys, you know, you spend all the money on your, your kids' Halloween costumes or, you know, all the effort in making, helping them make something and they wear it once or twice, then you're done with it. Mm. Well, this is just another another excuse to get them to dress up and uh, use, yes. not to see your money and your effort go to waste. Right. <laughs> they can have right. some fun uh, with it. Very, um, very mm -hmm. frugal of you. 
I try to be. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I try to be. All I right. work for the state, remember? That's true. <laughs> I should take a state employee. All right, so come see the Yellow Road Women's Suffrage mm -hmm. at the Oklahoma Territory Museum. What days and hours are you guys open? We're open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 until 5 o'clock. Delightful. Mm -hmm. This week in Guthrie, there's a car show. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Mm -hmm. We have a car show all the time here. Well, like, there's always one, but I didn't know yeah. about one this, this week. This is one of the bigger ones, I think. Uh, the OHRA car show. Oh, the, the Hot, hot Rod. rod hot Rod. Nice. Yeah. Be there. I like those. <laughs> 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 is that what they do? <laughs> it's a commercial. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be down at Mineral Wells yep, on Saturday, like Saturday morning. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Saturday morning, so go down to Mineral Wells and see all the, the Hot Rods. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if they do just top. I bet it's like all kinds of like uh, cool cars. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah. So. Saturday. Mm -hmm. Yep, this Saturday. And then like beautiful in the morning, right? Yeah. What's the forecast? Well, the high of ninety six, but Ugh. you know it hasn't been like the last couple of days. Not quite as bad. Yeah, it's been yeah. nice. Yeah, ninety six sunshine. That's but there's, not lot, bad. there's lots of shade down there. Mm -hmm. yeah. It, the park is beautiful. Mm -hmm. it's, it's only going to get better here uh, yep. shortly. But also Saturday, let me get one in here real quick, is yep. Meet the Blue Jays. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, at Gelsma Stadium. And John Vance Motors, who does so many things, John Vance Auto Group, who does so many things mm -hmm. in Guthrie, is sponsoring a tailgate party. And that starts at 4.30. So free burgers, free chips, free drinks yeah. at, at the tailgate place That's out awesome. here on Harrison. And then at 6 o'clock, you go inside and you get to meet all the junior high and high school football teams, cheerleading teams, the band, cross-country, softball teams. Wow, that's really cool. And uh, the coaches get up there and talk about their upcoming year, and it's it's a good time, a good community event to yeah. meet your Jays. Mm -hmm. So what that's time does awesome. the tailgate start? Uh, tailgate, 4.30 on Saturday, and then meet the Jays falls at 6. That, mm -hmm. So tailgate is out on Harrison, meet the Jays is inside the stadium. Inside the stadium. Right on. The goalpost is up. The baseball fence is down. The goalpost is up. Oh, the yeah. water is on. Grass is green. <laughs> it's an exciting time of year. There's no lines uh -huh. painted yet, so you can see a big old green blanket out there. That's awesome. So fall cool. is uh, fall is the best it time is, of year. Especially uh, when the weather turns. A little I need bit it to be here quicker. Now I don't want it to be like dark at 4:30. I don't like that part of the fall. I like sun. I'm okay with that because no, <laughs> Justin, no. <laughs> When we were having a good show. <laughs> now we're I really good. <laughs> when it's dark at five o'clock, that, that's when you know that it's basketball season, and I just and I, you want to go to bed at seven o two, but it's too early to go to bed. That's why I know there can be a thunder game on like every other night. When there's not a thunder game on, you can watch like college basketball. I just love how there's like yeah, I, I know that's the, the signal for that meet for me yeah. is like it's dinner time, but it's dark outside. Yeah, the thunder <laughs> gonna be real fun to watch this year. That'll be great TV. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm glad see. you are. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, one more thing. Uh, Friday, uh, old cowboy Jim Garling. He's been on our show before. Yes, he has. He's playing over at Hoboken uh, Friday morning, 10 o'clock. Right so if you want to hear some really good music, mm -hmm. uh, stop by Hoboken, 10 o'clock for cowboy Jim Garling. Anything else this week? No, I, think, is. I don't yeah. think that. Yeah. Sealed with a kiss. Yeah. Um, Swack, or Sealed with a Kiss, is one of our merchants downtown. Mm -hmm. Like knitting, yarn, that kind of stuff. Knitting, there's always the other word. Knitting. Crochet. Crocheting, yes. I forget it every single time. We do it every, we do my it every sister, show. My sister is a yarn snob, and she loves that store. Evidently, it's getting even like snobbier. Not the word I wanted to use. It's getting uh, <laughs> fancier. Fancier, yeah? yes. Because they're like some. Like, they've gotten this new de designation mm -hmm. for the shop, like 
they are like a distributor or whatever for like something. God, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> they're becoming fancy. They're a big yeah. deal now, and they're having yes. like a, like a, a kind of like a kickoff for being a big deal on Saturday. So you can go in there and they'll have like refreshments. So if anybody's you know. interested, just go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have any ask what time? It's awesome stuff. That I have no idea what any of that means. But it but sounds really good. Big deal. No, for like there's like some like uh, uh, like manufacturer of certain types of. I'm starting to make it up now. Here we go. Like, you know, we'll call it yarn. Use your hand gestures. <laughs> and, uh, of they, organic materials yeah. of some sort. Nobody tell Keely that we're talking about because she's going to murder me. Thank goodness for editing. Yeah. God. Oh, you're just showing me. Okay, so Rowan is the name of the company, and they're a flagship store for Rowan like, um, products. Products. I'm with products. Products, yeah. products is good. Thank you, brother. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, stop by Silver the Kiss on Saturday for their uh, their like launch party for them being a, a Rowan flagship store. Mm -hmm. What, cool what time does that start, Justin? God, one o'clock. One o'clock. One o'clock. One o'clock. I'm just going with it. Terrible co-host I am. It's like one to five. Check out their Facebook page. Yep, okay. Like their Facebook page yep, and find out. Facebook, you know, call ahead, more. reserve a spot. <laughs> They'll tell you what time. Uh, yeah, we are. We are anything but professional. <laughs> Nothing but professional. How that phrase is supposed to be? School's getting ready to get started. That's another important day to get ready. Yeah, August twentieth. So a week mm -hmm. from yesterday, right? For Guthrie Public Schools, actually, St. Mary's is already back in school. But yeah. for Guthrie Public Schools, they've already had their enrollment. Meet the teacher is Friday. Mm -hmm. Yep. Freshman orientation is coming up as well. So Friday at six. Friday at six. Six. Mm -hmm. now you got a freshman? Yes. I do too. Mm -hmm. I have a freshman and a senior. Yeah. A freshman and a senior? Oh man. That's oh. intense. Yeah. I'm not ready yeah. for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My kid's super excited about seeing what classes he's got with teachers. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It's always cool to get the schedule. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> I saw the city crew out this morning like painting, painting some crosswalks. Mm -hmm. Yes. So kind of getting those final touches on keeping kids safe for the school year. It's always awesome. Mm -hmm. And I've. Uh, uh, there are also a few spots now that have those real super fancy crosswalk deals where like um, like you hit the button and it's uh, and it has like the solar powered lights. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like you like hit the button and it's like. <laughs> if you're if you're just listening, <laughs> I was making a hand gesture yes. that, that says flashing lights. I always thought it was cool. I think it was. I, I remember doing a story. I don't know if it was a year or two when you like pushed a streetlight over at Noble and Wentz. It would actually count down. It counts to you, yeah. Yeah, it counts down. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. fancy stuff. For vision impaired people. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So when you did all that mm -hmm. flashing stuff, it made me think of. Mm -hmm. oh. There's one across. In fact, walk I even recorded walking across. Yeah. So nerdy, but. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're a journalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quality journalism. Yes. Yeah. There's one crosswalk at OU. Like you hit the button, and it actually says something to you like, "Cross Street now," and. Um, Okay. Brick County counts down out loud for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's super helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. All right. Aaron, thanks for being here. Hey, no problem. Yes. All right. Go <laughs> Anytime. To, go visit the museum. Absolutely. Uh, and Come see check us. out their Yellow Brick Road Women's Suffrage. Mm -hmm. so, thanks. No right. I'm, I'm headed to SWAC. I got to get my spot reserved for that. <laughs> for the Saturday, Saturday, 4 yeah. o'clock. Right. Or something like that. Something. Yeah. Somewhere around yeah. there. So long. <laughs> yeah. Coming home.